First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We talked about it yesterday, just that chip on your shoulder. Everyone talking about a neutral AFC championship game, not even thinking about you guys. How much did that motivate you coming into this? You better send those refunds. <laughs> I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. I'm from the city where they gotta play us. Fuck a coin flip, it's time to pay up. Don't cross the middle, 21 in the cut. We ain't hiding from nobody, run and tell them it's up. Back to back champs, kings of the north with it. Thinking they can hang with us, still ain't jumped out the porch with it. Long bomb to chase every Sunday, watch him go and get it. Double up on him, then we gon' double down on T. Higgins. This old boy in the mix, now you really iffy. Every Sunday, showing boys how they really gritty. They try to shuffle up the game on us, but they ain't icky. Flip the coin, kick the toe, Roger to go and get it. Never know what's gon' happen when Joe drop back. He gets shiesty in the pocket, I get shiesty on the track. Nobody on the team, all pro, that's all cap. Most all around team in the NFL, that's all fact. Ain't came across nobody yet, it seemed like they can hang with us. They said we couldn't be Buffalo, but see how we call they bluff. Underdogs every week, they keep on trying to label us. Put your money on us, even if Vegas don't favor us. No matter what, we really came up now, it's hard to fail. I dare you come across that middle, Vaughn gon' ring your bell. I know we under they skin, them boys built frail. Eli Apple out there chirping like a next tail. You don't want Sam and Trey to come off them ends. Rita clogging up the middle like a big body bend. Right behind them, Logan and Pratt, the turnover twins. Jesse base in the backfield just to clean up the loose ends. We just draft the camera, draft the hill. Instant gratification every time that they on the field. We can't go back to what we was, cause that's the losing way. It's been hard to Welcome to another episode of Bengals and Brews. I am Del Altman, joined by my co-host, Pork Chop and Big Savage Greg. And we have a special guest today, Muhammad Ahmad. You can find him on Twitter at Muhammad Ahmad TV. Also writes for Cleveland.com. And I will let him introduce anything and everything else with his background to get started here. So thanks for joining us once again. And, and who day? Yeah, I appreciate it, Dill. I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I write for Cleveland.com and I cover the Bengals. It's, yeah, sweet and you- simple. You went yep. to UK, right? School of Journalism, I think, was on your Twitter bio. Yep. So, yep. The I should say the University of Kentucky. <laughs> there you make go. Sure you, make sure you emphasize the. That's important. But yeah, I went there. Uh, best journalism school in the country, baby. You know how we ride. <laughs> awesome, man. You ever get to check out any uh, Wildcat basketball games? Like uh, I grew up through my dad. Like he worked in Kentucky, and then just automatically, like when they had Travis Ford and all those guys, it's kind of when I was growing up. So just. Became a UK basketball fan pretty much my whole life. Yeah. I mean, I, I so I grew up in Lexington. Uh, I didn't okay. just go to school there. I actually grew up there. So uh, like you and many others, I was indoctrinated <laughs> into the BBN cult. 
Exactly. You're just part of it, right? You don't have a choice. Hey, I'm born into it, man. I am. Bo- I mean, honestly, you could say I was born into the Bengals cult when I was younger, too. <laughs> yeah, and, and a ton of kids now are being born into that with all the success we're having. And we're hoping that continues with our first round draft pick, Miles Murphy, who I uh, wanted to make the show about. And I'm researching. I'm like, oh, I'll see if I can find any like cool little facts that maybe aren't out there. Stumble upon this awesome article that was written a week ago, cleveland.com by this guy, Muhammad uh, Ahmad. And I'm like, oh, man, shoot, this is so last minute. But <laughs> is there any way we could get this guy on to talk about the article? So I'm not just regurgitating the whole thing. And uh, we appreciate that you you agreed to come on and we can let you kind of talk about it more. So uh, we'll just I know early in the article, you kind of talk about the background with his family athletic background um, of his parents, his brother, and then the impact that his brother's had just on a lot of things. So I'll let you expand on that as well. No, I appreciate that. And yeah, it was uh, was special. I don't do articles like that often because obviously they're so in-depth and they take a lot of time. But no, it was good, man. Um, It was interesting because it really showed you like just, you know, you know, who is Miles Murphy off the gridiron? Yeah, you know, you do see him on the gridiron too. And I talked a lot about that in the article for those who want to read it. But, you know, off the gridiron, he's a very smart guy. He's very analytical. And, like, for those who don't know, he majored in construction management at Clemson, which, I mean, not to say that football players don't go for tough majors like that, but you don't see stuff like that very often for most football players, whether it be like architecture, which he also considered engineering, construction management. And and the theme that you kind of notice is he comes from a family of uh, critical thinkers and problem solvers because uh, his dad and his mom are both state farm agents in Georgia where they're from. And his brother went to uh, an NAIA school in Massachusetts, which was like a, forget the name of it. Uh, I think it's Worcester Polytechnic Institute. It's yeah, in, I think uh, Massachusetts. that's what yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And he was, uh, he studied engineering there too. Uh, obviously his football career was a lot more short lived, but y- you see that there's a lot of, not just, you know, big muscles in that family. There's a lot of big brains. And so what's so unique is that like, it's not even just that mile was smart. He might've been too smart for his own good because You know, he loved baseball so much because with baseball, it just kind of made more sense to him. Whereas football, he just looked at it as what's the strategy. You know, when you're playing like peewee, there's really no X's and O's. It's just go get the ball, go make the tackle, go score. But like he needed more than that. Like he was too smart for that. And so kind of put football to the side. Then he gets to high school. He's like 6'4 as a freshman, like 250 pounds. And then he kind of gets back into football again because, you know, now he can actually read playbooks. He could understand coverages. He could understand. Yeah. And as you see there, he was a big kid. There's a reason why he was like 6'4 as a freshman. So. That's not a coach standing beside that other guy. Right. That is Miles and, and, and his love of baseball. I love yeah. that picture that was in your article, too. Yeah. The courtesy of his father getting me that. But yeah, um, you know, I think he kind of realized he had the physical and mental and athletic gifts for football. His coaches unlocked it when he was in high school. And then. I mean, obviously, we saw what he did at Clemson with Davo Sweeney. I mean, he played in a college football playoff as a freshman, which is, you know, not uncommon, but not something you see all the time. So, you know, the thing that also stood out, and I think that will stick out while he's in the NFL with the Bengals, is he just watches film in a certain way. Like, he he takes that that construction, engineering, whatever you want to call it, mentality into the film room, and he doesn't just look at, like, okay, how do I get to the quarterback? He looks at it as – 
how do I get to him with this three man front or this four man front or, you know, how do I chip off of this, uh, you know, this guard or this, this tackle on the other side? Like, how do I really, really make sure I don't just get there, but like actually finish it, you know? And that's the thing that differentiates guys who can, you know, bring pressure versus guys who can get the job done. And I really think like, if you want to get the job done, like Trey Hendrickson, like Miles Garrett, like uh, Max Crosby, like guys like that, you can't just get to the quarterback. You have to finish it. And I think that was one thing that really hurt the Bengals last year is they had pressure. They had some of the best pressure in the league, but they were one of the worst in the league at finishing it because I think they were, uh, they had the third worst sack rate in the NFL. They had the third fewest sacks, even though you have Tree Hendrickson as a pro bowler and you have Sam Hubbard, who I think is one of the best run stoppers in the league. Still got to get to the quarterback. Um, I'm not going to say that's what kept them from getting to the Super Bowl, but could have made a difference in some games. A thousand percent. hundred percent. Could have made a difference in a few games that got away from them, like the Ravens game or the Cowboys game, That you know those games that they lost. You could say that the pass rush played a big role in those games. I wouldn't say it was a big factor in the AFC Championship because, I mean, they forced a fumble from Mahomes, which is really hard to do. So, yeah, I think you have a guy like that, even if you put him in on third down, or you give him a certain like snap quota or a certain number of snaps, certain number of downs, you can't go wrong with a guy like that. So yeah, I think Miles Murphy um, has a very long career ahead of him and hopefully a long career in Cincinnati. Yeah, for sure. And I know we've talked about a lot. I think not just the impact he can make personally on the field, but the impact he can have by keeping the other guys fresh, like Hubbard and Henderson, who just give 110% every play. And those guys are – especially come playoff time and long season. So the overall ability of him and Osai to potentially get more snaps this year, I think can help everybody and just raise their level of play. So I, I love that pick. I know a lot of people were – we're on the train for Michael Mayer and a little upset initially because you had Tyler Eifert tweeting and things like that. Yeah, Greg was upset. Yeah. <laughs> at the you should have seen him. We went to the draft party, Muhammad, and Greg wouldn't even stay under around me. He started, he took off and started walking circles around the place. He was so freaked out about the pick. Yeah. You know what, though? I, I think it was more, I was just surprised. I think everybody thought it was going to be Michael Mayer. But when I really did some thinking about it, I'm like, this makes so much sense because. First thing I said to myself after that loss to Kansas City, we got to put more pressure on the quarterback. So I went back and thought about it. I mean, obviously, I still would have liked Michael Mayer, but I was so, but I, but I had to retell myself we need to get to the quarterback. But like with Miles Murphy, twenty-one years old, ran like a four-five. I, I think his best football is ahead of him. He's coming in here. He didn't run in a straight line either. So just imagine that. Yeah, could have been and, a four-four when you're six-five, yeah. two seventy-five. Like I don't think Miles Garrett can even run like that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's insane because, like you mentioned, the size along with that speed. Uh, so I, I think it's a great pick, and I think his best balls ahead of Marion Hobby's going to coach him up. He's going to be able to move another inside, Clemson guy, like you mentioned. Yeah. So it, just everything about that pick, it, you know. Once people got over that initial shock, like I, I thought all along, I kept saying because we were doing a draft show, and I'm like, I'm telling you, those Clemson defenders are still there in that link with Hobby. I was like, it's gonna be Brees to the one pick game. So I think we got the guy with the way better upside, and he doesn't have as many injuries as Brees had. But uh, Dustin here in the chat said. Appreciates it. We're discussing Miles. He feels like slightly. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. It's rare that your first round pick seems overlooked, but there's a right. lot of flashy players when you bring in a corner, a couple of receivers, you know, even a safety that has potential to start. So, uh, do you feel like maybe he's overlooked compared to some of these other guys somehow as a first round pick? 
It's, I don't know if, you know, that's a good question. I don't know if overlooked is the word. I think maybe he's just misunderstood. I think a lot of people looked at it and said, you know, you have Trey Hendrickson, you have Sam Hubbard, you have Cam Sample, you have Joseph Osai, you even have Jeff Gunter. You had Khalid Kareem at one point, obviously. Like, they were really loaded, and then you have Terrell Basham. So I think people look at it as, like, do you really need another pass rusher? And the answer is absolutely. Holy I mean, yeah. yes. Lou Anarumo always says he'll never have enough pass rushers and he'll never have enough corners, uh, which they also showed because they drafted two corners uh, right after Miles Murphy. They get his childhood friend, DJ Turner. Interesting connection there, by the yeah. way. And, and they get DJ Ivy, who, by the way, don't sleep on that pick. I know people think, oh, seventh rounder practice squad guy look he might be on the practice squad i don't know but like there's a good chance he not only makes the 53 man roster i think he might actually be a sleeper pick because he had a pick six in the last day of otas uh i think it was you know june 15th whatever that last day was had a nice pick six and uh he looked really good in practice and like if he stays healthy he's good he competes with alan george and uh other backups you know like marvel telfer you know that spot that uh would be behind i guess uh, I guess it would be behind Chadobi Awuzie. No, it'd be behind Cam Taylor Britt because I guess Sidney Jones will be behind Awuzie, okay. who's probably going to be healthy for Week One. So yeah, for whoever can you know provide that extra depth behind Cam Taylor Britt, I think yeah, that's that's another good pick too. I didn't want to get on a tangent there with the corner. No, no, he, that's good because he yeah. was getting praise from Cheeto. He was getting praise from everybody. DJ Ivy was, and and if you can get that from a seventh round guy, that just changes the entire your draft looks so much better too. Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, Sidney Jones has a lot of question marks because he's been hurt a lot in his career and he's played with so many teams and he's been on practice squads. But I mean, again, we don't I, like I don't know what the guy's going to look like. I doubt he'll play much if Awuzie is healthy in week one, but he'll make the roster. He'll be a solid backup. Maybe they use him in certain packages. He had a nice interception on Joe Burrow in uh, OTAs, which I thought was really nice. So, yeah, they got depth there. Um, I know everyone's concerned about the safety position because you lost your two starters, one of whom you could say is one of the best in the league in Jesse Bates. But, you know, Nick Scott won a Super Bowl. Um, he was a starter last year in L.A. And, you know, he's played a lot of special teams. I really think Dax Hill's gifts are going to come out that we haven't seen yet. And I really, really, really think you want to talk about overlooked. I do think Jordan Battle is being overlooked by some people because a lot of people were like, why would they draft a safety? And I'm like, why would you He's not draft a safety? <laughs> why would you not? I mean, think about it like this. You lose Trey Flowers in free agency, right? And, you know, he didn't play much. He mostly played third downs. He covered tight ends. So he covered Mark Andrews, Cameron Bray, Travis Kelsey, guys like that. So rather than getting a, a nickel corner to, to cover your tight ends in certain packages, why not get a bigger safety or like a big body safety like Jordan Battle, who's just as fast, if not faster than stronger than Trey Flowers, to cover your Travis Kelsey's, your Dawson Knox's, your Mark Andrews, you know, because they're going to face a lot of good tight ends next year. And I can see Lou Anarumo doing a lot of sub packages where you put Jordan Battle in there, or maybe you do the same thing with Akeem Davis Gaither because we saw the pick he had uh, when he was covering Mark Andrews in the playoffs. So there's options there. There's depth there. I know we're not really going to know what it looks like until we see it with our own eyes, but I still think they're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, I, I haven't. I know I've seen a lot of that worry out there too, and I'm kind of with you. I think having the three guys, and I feel better, you know, now that Battle's in that mix because he was able to start at, at Alabama early and play all four years, and that's kind of a rare thing. So that it says a lot about him. And I know Nick Saban's raved about his leadership, and it's oh, like yeah. you're getting another guy like Von Bell in there as well, and that can't oh, hurt yeah. at all. 
Greg, uh, while we're on the draft class, I know you're dying to ask a question about your favorite draft pick, so I'll let you go ahead. You want to talk about someone that I was so excited for. I, I looked him up. I'm, I'm, I just thought it was one of the biggest deals in the draft. I got to go Andre Yosibosh out of Princeton. I mean, six foot four, five. I mean, I don't think we need to question it's if he's like six three, enough. Greg. He's six, just, three, six three. Okay. Six three. Now and six, three. He's six three. He's yeah. six three. I'm yeah, but four, six five. But yeah, like, he's six seven. He's he, you know, he played you know, well, right. but like you know, he runs like I think he ran like what a four three. And I don't need, think we need to question if he's smart or not. I don't think that needs to be questioned. I mean, you look at it, we don't need to rush this guy at all. I mean, he's playing behind three good receivers. I say if you coach, if this guy gets coached up, I th- am, I, am I crazy to think this guy can make a big impact? I mean, that's hard to say because, you know, and this is not a knock on him. We just don't know if he's going to make the active roster because, you know, it's a numbers game. You know, do you keep Stanley Morgan and Trenton Irwin? Do you find the place for Trenton Taylor if, you know, Charlie Jones beats him out for the punt return job? That's tough. I think that if there's a situation where Trent Taylor doesn't make the team and Stanley Morgan's on the bubble and you bring in Trent Irwin, then what does that give you? It gives you Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Trenton Irwin, Andre, and then, yeah, you could probably – I would think you'd have to have one more backup. So probably – uh, Stanley Morgan stays. I, I think Trent Taylor's very, very vulnerable. Well, and, if Ch- and if Charlie Jones, then you're at you're at seven. That's or actually, that's why I, I guess you know rather than Stanley Morgan, that could be Charlie Jones. So I mean, Stanley Morgan and Trent Taylor might be in trouble. Yeah. Uh, Morgan is a toss up because he's very, very important on special teams, and Darren Simmons loves him on special teams. Taylor's just tough because. He really hasn't done much as a backup receiver, and I don't think they were happy with him as a punt returner last year because Darren Simmons always says the goal is to give the ball to the ref. He did not do that on every play. Uh, you saw the the fumble against New Orleans that could have turned the game around if they didn't have that comeback. Um, a few other games where he had some miscues. You know, he kind of hinted, Simmons did at the NFL Combine, that they were going to look in another direction, and they did with Charlie Jones. So, yeah, I think in that case – well, I mean, yeah, Trent it'll, it'll, Taylor's kind of eight to me. Do you think they keep even seven? I know you mentioned Morgan on the bubble. So so it's Chase Higgins, Boyd, Irwin, and then Charlie Jones. Then I think Yosevash and Morgan are, would be fighting for that seven spot. If yeah, they, six I and seven so. spot. I, I don't think they both make it unless no. maybe there's a Trent and Irwin trade for D-tackle depth or something we're not seeing yet. Does anybody else know how to do a backflip when we're winning? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one of them does. One of them has to. I mean, I mean that, with, give, that might give him the edge. I mean, with how good their cores are and their flexibility, I'd be shocked if they didn't. I know Trent Taylor's <laughs> smart, so it's easier. But, no, I mean, um, yeah, I think it's going to come down to that. But I really don't see a path for Trent Taylor. I think Charlie Jones is going to give him a hard time. And I think he either makes the practice squad or gets waived and gets picked up by somebody, you know, before the exactly, season yeah. starts. We got a $5 super chat from Dustin. Appreciate that. So um, this has been a, a back and forth. Well, there's not a Jefferson deal yet, but it's probably going to be huge numbers. So do we wait and for a potential T Higgins deal is what he's talking about here. Do we wait and see what Charlie Jones and Yosef Osh can do throughout the season, throughout even practices and the year and maybe into the next off season and, and hold off on T knowing you could franchise tag him. That scares the hell out of me because we've seen what happened with Je- with Jesse Bates going that route. And you also have to remember they have the same agent, by the way. But Dustin's a, little, Dustin's a little worried about paying a potential Jamar Chase like 
X amount of dollars. It's going to be a lot. Joe and then have to pay T big money. He's thinking that's too much money in the three players. Do you think the Bengals feel differently and they're pretty set on signing T or kind of what's your overall thoughts on T getting signed? I'm a little more optimistic after the Joe Mixon restructure for two reasons. Number one, it shows that like they really do want to play together because here's the thing. Joe Mixon could have told Duke Tobin and Katie Blackburn, no, I'm not making less. And what would have happened would have been cut and released, would have gone somewhere else. And then like, let's be real. I mean, I don't know any other teams that would have needed a running back like him, but he's not going to make even what he's making now with the pay cut. They're not going to give him that. So he kind of knew in a way he had to, like he didn't really have the leverage that maybe he would have thought he had, which is part of why I think Joe Mixon accepted the pay cut. But I really do think part of it was, you know, if he went to another team and say made the same as he's making now, you're going to make that money, but you're not going to play with Joe Burrow by your side. I mean, you're playing with a guy who's a stone cold killer. So money aside, not every team has a stone cold killer like Joe Burrow. So the reason why I say that is because does T Higgins, I don't want to say sacrifice, but does he maybe look and say, okay, I can somewhat, somewhat live with not making Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin money. Does he somewhat live with that and say, I have Joe Burrow. I have the, what the best, one of the best receivers in the league with Jamar Chase, one of the best slots with Tyler Boyd, even if it's for just one more year. I see it because, I mean, T. Higgins could go make more than Christian Kirk playing for, I don't know, the Chicago Bears or the New England Patriots, but do you want to play Same team Field? even, same team. He's got you, Trevor Lawrence there in Jacksonville. That's the team. Rowdy yeah. brings that up, and he's from the Clemson area. He's like, if you don't get T done, he's going to go to Jacksonville and play with Trevor Lawrence. I don't think so. I you mean, he's got so. – they they got they got receivers. They got Evan Ingram tagged. They got Christian Kirk. I don't see him going to Jacksonville. I mean, he, they're not going to be able to afford that. I think that's kind of crazy. But I think a team like the Bears or the Patriots, those would be teams that I could see taking Higgins if he's not franchise tagged. Because obviously, if he doesn't get a deal done this year – He's definitely going to be tagged. Like that's going to be your Jesse Bates saga part two. Yeah, yes. Although, hear hear me out on this: if a deal does get done for him, and of course Burrow and Chase is going to get done, no question. I could see Logan Wilson getting tagged. I could see that. I could see that. Uh, only because I think that's a guy you really want to get for at least one more year and hope to get a deal out of. But I also do think that there's a chance that they don't tag him. If a deal's not done and he walks, that that's also if anybody's the most vulnerable for not getting an extension and leaving, I think it's Logan Wilson at this what, point. What does a tag look like for a linebacker right now? Because we've seen guys like um, the the guy from Tennessee get five and a half million, Pratt settling for seven or eight. But then on the other end, you got Edmonds with like eighteen, Roquan Smith with Smith like twenty. I know it goes by the top five salaries, but man, that's got to be all over the place for what that is, honestly. Because there's the well, top, Pratt. Top couple and, Pratt took a huge hometown discount. That sure. That's why I don't think people were shocked he came back. I, I think that's, like, not surprising. I mean, who doesn't want to play with Joe Burrow? I think people were more shocked that he got the money he made when he was worth way more than that. Like, yeah. any other team would have given him Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, maybe, maybe Roquan Smith money. But like, like I said, though, this backs up the point that I made, and he backs up himself. Like, if you go play for those teams, you're not going to play for Joe Burrow. Like, no offense to Justin Fields, but he's not Joe Burrow. No offense to Lamar Jackson, but he's not Joe Burrow. Like, Jermaine Pratt knows 
you know, and these guys, Joe Mix and Tegans, know you're playing with a stone cold killer. I'm not saying Fields doesn't have potential. I'm not saying Jackson doesn't have flashes as a former MVP. I'm just saying they're not stone cold killers. Joe Burrow's a stone cold killer, and that's why the Joe Burrow effect is real. And guys like to win, and, and the Bengals are a winning team right now, and they look to be sustainable with their yeah. winning because of Joe Burrow. Chop, you haven't uh, really got much in here, so do you have any any questions about anything Bengals no, related? I, well, I wanted to Muhammad say to Muhammad, man, I really enjoyed that article. That was like watching a movie about Miles Murphy. I mean, <laughs> I mean and everyone article. needs to go to cleveland.com and check that out because, like I said, I wanted to get a little of it in here with him, and he did a great job kind of overviewing it but i don't want to go through the whole thing because you know you guys need to go and click on that and read it and show him some love and support on cleveland.com because it is a very in-depth really good article yeah a lot, uh, yeah, lot of good research a lot of good research in there i bet you spent hours talking to the family that's why i was wondering how long did it take along with you chop with that question I guess with the the story, so actually it didn't take as long as you would think with the family. I, I actually talked to them after the draft. They were, if you look at the picture where Miles Murphy was sitting, they were in the back of that room and like, I mean, no one was really looking and no one was really saying anything. So I was like, I'm just going to go talk to his brother and his mom and his dad. And like, I mean, nobody stopped me. So I was like, okay, I'm, yeah. I'm going to do it. Exactly. And I did. I was like, okay, no one else is doing it. So I'm going to do it. And I look what I got out of it. So sometimes you got to. Got to take your shot. You got to shoot your shoot shot, your as shot. they say. Is his, da- is his dad real tall? Not I mean, where does he get the height from if his brother's like 5'10", five, 5'9"? Five, so I asked mom that because I was like, how did the brother come out as tall as me? And this dude's like 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six, and she was like, oh, he's got a big uncle or something like he's that. Got Everyone's uncle. got that one big uncle. Every, I, I mean, I do. I do. I, mean, I, I definitely do. So, the, but the other question I had was not pertaining to Miles Murphy. I was sitting back here chilling, listening to you talk about our entire backfield or uh, secondary, yeah. and I didn't hear my guy's name. You were talking about DJ Ivy backing up um, uh, Cam, and you were talking about Cheeto being backed up by uh, Sidney Jones. Jones. But wh- where's uh, Juan Drago fit in there? Juan Drago? Oh, DJ, DJ Turner. Turner. <laughs> well, no, so or I- DJ Burner. He will be a backup. He'll make the roster. I just think it's really simple. I think he's Chidobe Awuzie's replacement. I think he's going to be like what Daxo was last year. Bring him in on a few sub packages, you know, maybe use him as your backup nickel behind Mike Hilton. I'm not saying he is a nickel, but maybe use him in that role. Because uh, I think he played that position at Michigan as well, not just outside corner. And then when free agency hits and Chidobe Awuzie inevitably leaves because the Bengals don't pay guys second contracts towards their 30s, unless DJ Reader changes that. Another discussion. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be DJ Turner replacing him, and he'll be playing with Cam Taylor-Britt. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, and DJ Turner is one that we have – or not DJ Turner. DJ Reader is one yes. that we have gone back and forth on as we talk extensions a lot throughout this offseason. He gets extended, I think. I, yeah. I, I really think it's going to happen. I think they have to. Yes. Because if you don't do it – Someone else is going to do uh, it. If he hits that open market, somebody's giving him like a four-year deal with a ton of money. And I think the Bengals, that's going to be the hang-up potentially, is the years. The Bengals are probably going to say, we want to do two. I hope maybe they can meet in the middle and give him three or something. Yeah, I, I think it's going to have to be in the middle because they can't pay him a four-year deal. It's just no. going to be too much money no. with what you're giving to all the other guys we talked about. But, you know – and this is the thing, actually. Here's why I'm a little bit optimistic. Like, you got to remember when he left Houston to join the Bengals three years ago. Burrow. 
He mentioned Burroughs specifically. Yeah, people looked at him and were like, why would you go to a team that was just 2-14 and 14 when you could have gone to like any other team that's like a playoff caliber team? And keep in mind, they still weren't good. Like they went 4-11-1 Burroughs rookie year. And like even if he doesn't get hurt, they're going 6-10 and 10 at best because yeah. they still had a lot of guys that weren't there until a year later, like uh, Trey Hendrickson and Mike Hilton. But I say that because I really think it, it goes back to what Pratt said. It goes back to Mixon taking the cut. These guys, most of them, I think, will make sacrifices. You know, and I, here's the thing, too. I don't want to reopen this discussion because I know it's a sore subject for a lot of people. But I think Jesse Bates really would have taken a discount to stay. But if you listen closely to the details of what he said, I don't think he's in a position where he can take a discount. I don't know his family background or his financial status, and I'm not speculating on that. But it really sounds like he really wanted to set his family up well, and I don't think a deal in Cincinnati would have done that for him. Um, and so that's the thing. Like I think even Jesse Bates, I really, really believe if whatever circumstances in his life were different, I think Jesse Bates takes a discount and stays and doesn't get like a $60 million deal in Atlanta, which don't get me wrong, he deserved that. I mean, he definitely deserved every, yeah, yeah. every penny of that. But like I really think Jesse wanted to stay. I don't think he wanted to leave. I just think it came down to – he knew what he wanted, and his agent had a plan, and it just kind of led to what happened. I, and I think it's the same thing with Higgins. I think maybe he really wants to stay, but it could be a matter of, like, he needs the money to invest in his family, to invest in his people. His people jellyfish. Forget. He's got to get more jelly. get his jellyfish like we made from The Wire. I mean, yeah. I mean, but in all seriousness, I mean, people forget these guys have families. They have lives. Like, yes, most of the money belongs to them, but they really do think about the people around them, and that's why – to us, it's like, oh, he's being greedy. He wants $20 million. Nope, I mean, yeah, $10 million is a lot to us. $20 million is also a lot. But right. to those guys, there's a big difference between 10 to 15 to $20 million when you think They about have a short window to get it. Yes. Exactly. And, and, and it's a business. It's, it's a business at the end of the day. And that's why I think, you know, a lot of those guys left. But, heck, I think if all those guys that left, like Samaj P. Ryan and Hayden Hurst and Von Belf, if they could have stayed, I think they would have. They just they knew what they wanted. They knew what they needed, and that's why they went to the teams that they did. And I don't blame them for it. I totally get it. Nope. And uh, I think I think it all worked out, and the Bengals had a, another really good draft. They've been drafting well. They've been hitting on their free agents. It's yeah. been huge. So I think yeah. it's going to work out for all involved. Um, I want to get you out of here because we sat around a half an hour, and we're right at that mark. So I like to keep my word on that. Um, tell the people <laughs> good, where they man. can find you, and uh, maybe we'll have you back on sometime when the – preseason gets going or something like that if you've got some time i'm here for it brother i'm here for it yeah. i really appreciate you all having me on all right man appreciate you uh, at muhammad muhammad ahmad tv on twitter correct yeah everybody's got to check out the cleveland.com article good article yep it's on my and twitter if you want to look at it will you be covering a training camp you'll be down there every day pretty much that is the plan that is the plan awesome. as of right now Awesome, man. All right. Thanks for your time Thank once again, you. man. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks you, buddy. See ya. Appreciate it. Well, he was awesome. Hell yeah, he was. I wanted to let you guys get more questions in, but you know. No, it's cool. No, 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 no. I know he had a half hour. I just kind of sit sit back and listen to what he was saying. Yeah. I, I like to keep, you know, I said, well, well, no. what do you got? And he's like, I could do 30 minutes. And I was like, perfect. You, you know, go. and that way, you know, he does 30 minutes. He doesn't feel like we lied to him about it. And hopefully <laughs> he, he can come back again in the preseason and give us some more awesome information because, you know, that's one of the guys who are plugged in now. And anytime you can get one of those guys, it's awesome. The guy that's down there watching practice and 
just another person now reporting about DJ Ivy, which to me is exciting because corners get hurt a lot. I was going to try to get that point in there, but didn't really get a chance. Like he'll, he'll if he's that good, there. I don't think they risk putting him on the practice squad and somebody else scooping him up. He was our last pick, right? Seventh yeah, he's our seventh. Maybe, no, he, he was like a four-year. Well, he was like a five-year starter because of the whole COVID thing. So I mean, he, he started for a reason. But what what caught my attention was DJ Reader. He's like. Bean, because remember, tail you and we, because I would, I was wanting to ask DJ. I'm glad you brought that up, because DJ Rear, we've been going back and forth. And he acts like, I think I'm really optimistic it's going to get done. So I feel a little bit better hearing that, you know. Hey, I hope it does. And speaking of that, we've got these dumbass Madden ratings again that we talked about with receivers. Just so the D, and this is no knock on BJ Hill, but come on, man. Even as Bengals fans, we know that BJ Hill is not the number one no. best defensive tackle in the entire NFL. And that's what the the ratings yeah. say that they put yeah. out from their Twitter. I, I, How I, I, can uh, you fuck up that bad in a multi – like your game sucks already because it's the same game every year. So right. you usually take the cool stuff out. Like I'm still mad. I'm still mad from years back. They had the damn training camp slash mini games where, you know, you got the pocket presence, you got the corner, you got the running drills. you got all right. that, that was fun. That was Why cool. would you take that out? You have the ability to have it in your game. But it's like, now nah, we're just going to take it out. People like to fuck them. Fuck people. We hate people. It was an easy way to learn the game, too. Like, it's just so stupid. And, um, but, and, and no knock on BJ Hill, but I'm hoping that that person that was missing there and who they actually meant was DJ Reader. Yeah. Because that would be awesome if he finally gets that type of credit. Because, uh, la- and the, my reasoning for that is I looked at last year's and their D tackle rankings last year was, Chris Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Quinnen Williams, Jonathan Allen. Then uh, fifth was Vita Vea and DJ Reader. They actually had as as sixth overall. So then, if you compare that to this year's, if I have that somewhere, might just be in our group chat. So that we don't have. Yeah, right. <laughs> that I leave every other day. Yeah. Okay, this has got BJ Hill number one. Which no knock on BJ, no. solid defensive tackle. He's not number one defensive tackle in the NFL. Then Jonathan Allen, Christian Wilkins, Cam Hayward, Aaron Donald, Chris Jones, Quinton Williams, Dexter Lawrence. So some of those similar names that you saw, and then adding guys like Christian Wilkins, Cam Hayward for this year. Uh, maybe they got. I don't know why they. I think this must have been the end of the season rankings that I just looked up. You know, because some of they those got guys. BJ Hill is the number one defensive tackle. <laughs> Well, that's what they put out today. This was huh. today. That's why. That's what I'm bitching about. That has this to be a mix. This up. is from this is from Madden's Twitter official. It's got that gold damn check. That's what I'm saying. They're so for a multi-million dollar, probably billion dollar company at this point. They can't even put out the correct names. Like I'm hoping it's Reader though, because he's not on this list of top ten. And like I said last year, he was around sixth at the end of the season. So. That would be sweet if that's actually DJ Reader. It's supposed to be yeah. DJ Reader. But damn, if it is, they can't even get his fucking name right. Yeah, they just mixed up the they just mixed them up. I guess. I don't know. Like, how do you do that? I don't know, man. Like, fucking, this is your that's, a, that's a hell of a typo, isn't it? It's just like, oh yeah, I think it's the Bengals defensive tackle. Is their number is that our number one rated player? I mean, it's not like we're supposed to spend the time and, and break these down. It's that and, Bengals and, guy. Give me a Bengal guy name. Like, how do you mix that up? But, yeah, I did think it has to be with Reader, but I just – it's not like their names are similar. 
Yeah. Hey, I, I wanted know. to touch on this mind. comment right here because I watched this thing last night where uh, Christopher's talking about that thing where that Make-A-Wish kid, Bricks. Yeah, Brit Bricks, yep. Yep, from Texas is a, a Cincinnati Bengals fan, and they brought him up here, and he went on the uh, field with uh, with uh, Chase, learned to Chase gave him tips on the gritty and tossed him some passes and stuff like that, man. And I'm not kidding. I watched that at the nurse's station last night. It got me all verklempt. All teared Which, up. Shout out to Travion Williams yes. as well. Yes. I know Jamar Chase like was the feature of that. But then I think it was on Instagram or somewhere as well. Um, Travion and his foundation has even more of a connection with this kid. They went to like a Dave and Buster's and was hanging out. Oh, my God. You know, a, a different time. So tra- and Because uh, it's like Travion was out on the field with Jamar and them. Travion being Texas A&M, Texas guy, this kid's from Texas. So I think he's probably the one who helped set that up too with Jamar. Sports Center didn't really, you know, go into that or anything. It's just like, oh, there's Travion out there too. Well, it but, was uh, cool. It was cool. I seeing. think I, I wanted to give Travion his credit yeah. as well for that since ESPN did too. How cute was that little kid though, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was the best. And to be in Texas and love the Bengals. We love them. I know. And then no. your dream come true, man. Come on, right. man. Well, I liked it how they're like, he's like, I want to move to Cincinnati's mom's like, Cincinnati's cold up there. Yeah, like, no, it's not. no, it's not. Not well, now. No, he was basically like, I don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, I thought that was funny. But no, a cool thing. It was cool seeing Emily Parker show him around too. Like, you know, like, oh, I know him. That's Emily Parker right there showing him around. It was cool. It was just a whole cool episode. That, that episode was just so awesome. Just make sure how grateful you are with this entire team, you know. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Zach yeah. was like, uh, say, one, two, three, who day? <laughs> he went he's off. Like, Duvet's like, one, two, three, who day? One, two, three, who day? I love that, man. All the players are just sitting there trying to keep up, and they're like, wait a minute. We weren't ready <laughs> for all, this. But they're all smiling in the background yeah. and everything. Like, it, it was awesome. I mean, come man, on, man. man. To make a little but, kid's dream come true like that, that is something special. Absolutely. And they did say that he's in remission, and yes. that's always tough, and those parents are going to worry all the time because he's going to be going in for – updates and check oh is it back is it not back is it mm-hmm. back is it not back i mean we all know people you know the fat cancer so obviously thoughts and prayers with that family and him and everything because even though he's in remission now it's still very very scary and i mean to, for it to happen in general you know and, you, and i like the mother feeling so helpless you know right i, I can't i can't imagine no, you know, thank, God imagine. That I, thank God that, I, that yeah. I've never had to deal with anything like that. But, you know, obviously, thoughts, prayers, all that, whatever you believe, good vibes, whatever, to that family. You know, and hope, hope the little man can stay healthy and, and, you know, get on the football field himself like he wants to. So. Hey, you know what, hey, Zach, you're, you're watching this show. We hope you come hang out with us and all the tailgates. Bang. If you ever come back to a game, I think I speak for these guys. We'd love to see you and your family come if you ever – Watch it. Get a chance to watch this or whatever. Man, I'll tell you what would be cool is if they made that little kid ruler of the jungle. One of the yes. Hey, let's go. do that. Let's make that, that would be awesome. You know he's going to bring that energy. Oh, dude, he'd be he like, dude, I'd love to hear that, dude. We need to make it happen. We need to make it happen. Hey, that's. I'm sure. I'm sure Emily Parker is steps ahead of us in the slot of that as well. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's one. That's pretty no. cool. Um. Switching gears, which is hard to do. First, I'm bitching about Madden ratings. Then you bring up this I know. sad, emotional Christopher, stuff. Hey, Chris, Chris, got Greg Chris, down here crying. That's why he's wearing glasses. Got him yeah, I know. tearing up. But um, but I was looking, and I seen Trag said about our cap space. So this is, once again, weird transition, but there's no other way. <laughs> yeah. So after mixing freed up space, we're now at around $19.7 million left in cap space for this season alone um 
So to me, that is the most encouraging thing. I know we've been talking about Higgins and the back and forth with Higgins. But if you're able to get a deal done, you've got 19.7 in space where you can front load the shit out of his deal right now and give him some extra money in. This is the time to get it done if you're going to get it done and be able to pay the big three. Because I know, and I, I always think that's a fair worry, you know, that uh, Dustin always brings up on here. It is fair to worry if paying three guys is going to hurt the rest of the team long term. It's oh, yeah. a very fair concern. But, I mean, T is special. Jamar is special. And Joe is special. If we can keep them together, we'd love to. Just got to make sure we're able to get more people. And right. still having $20 million in cap space this year. Seems like a good time to go ahead and let's get T done. I know Joe's going to get done, and how does that work? But maybe you can backload some of Joe's contract. I, you know, I don't know. I'm just spitballing here because I'm not a big breakdown contract guy. This, that, and the other. But having that much cap space and that much, you know, I know it's more cash over cap. That whole thing. They've got to have the cash to get the guaranteed money and this and that. All that gives me a headache to think about. But <laughs> I don't think about it at all. But having this money, let's get it done. Let's hey. get Burrow done. Let's get Higgins done. And let's try to get Reader done. And let's hope that we can even come to something, maybe a hometown discount with Logan Wilson. I would, If we can retain all four of those guys, we are built up, set up for success for another, you know, three, four, five years along with the draft picks and the, everybody else that's up and coming players. So that's the dream, right? That's the dream. Hey, God, hell boy. yes. Everything – Look, but that's why I'm confident everything will work out. Just patience is a virtue. Well, I mean, Joe Goodberry was on here the other day. I'm pretty sure he was talking about um, the Bengals building a team, like the, the kind of the trend in the NFL that the Bengals are setting is that people want to come play here with Joe Burrow to win a championship, just like uh, everybody went to the Miami Heat in the NBA back when uh, LeBron went down there. That he feels like maybe that's a trend that's starting now. So, can they get all those deals done for somewhat of a discount? I hope so. Yeah, but you know, like when Muhammad went, like, like he was saying, you know, everybody wants to think, oh, they'll take these pay cuts. Like you said, their career, they only have a short amount of time to get this money. I mean, like I said, we as fans, we want to say, oh, come on, you can live off $10 million, but it's it's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not realistic. It's That's not how it goes, you know? that I get it. They Like you said, they want to get paid. I mean, but I still think something will work out. Man, Muhammad made me want to meet Joe Burrow even more. I mean, yes. how many times you could have took a drink every time Muhammad caught him a stone cold killer, we'd be lit right now. Yes, it made me just want to meet yeah. Joe Burrow even more. Like I, I got to see this man and talk to him and see what's in those eyes. You know what I'm saying when he looks at you. I mean, you just wish he'd stare. You yes. in your eyes and you could stare back it, in his eyes. Like we have a staring contest. He might look like a stone cold killer, but you're seeing love. You're just like if we, ah. if it's a staring contest between me and Joe Burrow, I lose, and this is my last look. Ah. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, Ken, that's uh that's exactly what you gotta do, and you gotta keep finding some um some free agent deals that aren't crazy expensive as well to supplement well, your roster each year. It's just, it's what good teams end up having to do. You well, know, they have to bring in guys for one and two year deals. So uh, Ken says here for the podcast listeners, hopefully we keep having drafts like we've had the last few years. If we're going to keep the big three together because you're putting so much money in, in, you know, certain positions. So you're going to have to supplement other spots on the roster. Like we've seen them drafting a lot of secondary for now. And, you know, maybe having to sacrifice, a Logan Wilson at linebacker and, and you have Pratt and you maybe have to draft a, a guy in the first couple rounds and hope they hit and can start soon because we got, 
that whole room is on one-year deals besides Pratt. I think you got to kind of like go in waves with the rookies too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You got to get part of the team cheap and then part of the team you pay. And then it kind of, it's going to kind of go back and forth like this, I think. And also I, I know, I think it cancels out for Bates because we brought in Orlando Brown, the third round comp pick, but I'm pretty sure we're still in line for like um, a fifth from Von Bell. I, I think. Think yeah no no I think but like you know, what I think personally happened was they probably tried to get Bates back but when Orlando Brown paid all of a sudden phone call hey this is Orlando Brown I want to come to the Bengals like sorry Jesse I mean obviously that guy's probably plugged in more than me but I I just don't think they could have been anywhere close on money because what yeah. he got was being eighteen million and they weren't willing to pay Von uh, but, Bell seven like you know eight. Right. They weren't willing to give Vaughn three years. It was right. part of his, too. But I, I'm sure they tried. I'm sure there was a chance. But I'm just saying, when they found out, hey, I mean, Dale, be honest with you, would you rather have had Orlando Brown or Jesse Bates? Yeah. I mean, well, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, Bates signed. He signed before Brown. Even. Right, right, right. That's so true. that was done. Okay, but, uh, yeah, I'm just saying. But he got like what? It was like $18 million per. The Bengals might have said, oh, we could give you 9 or 10 Yeah, right. You know, oh, then yeah. like – he was never going to sign for that much. No. Like, to me. Like, that's my opinion. You know, I'm not shitting on anything else I was said. This is my no, opinion. No, no, no. I, I don't think they could have came close on money because of what are we still talking about? All these extensions and everything else. There's no way they were going to put $18 million in a safety spot. Right. Knowing they drafted Dax Hill last year in the first round, who directly plays that same spot. To me, the writing was on the wall with Jesse Bates. Well, a long time ago. I, well, yes. I, I, yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Like yeah. was, once we drafted Dax, Bates was gone. I a thousand percent agree with that. Deep down inside, we all knew that. I tell you what, Jordan Battle, though, I liked how he brought up Jordan Battle because why not replace Trey Flowers with a more athletic and faster guy like Jordan Battle? I thought that was a good point of my, uh, Muhammad made right there. I mean, that was a great, you know. Yeah, but you could tell he don't watch our show because we talk about Jordan Battle a lot. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, but Jordan, well, Jordan Battle. We were the battle, whatever Matt was trying to get going. The, right. Well, poor apparently, he did, I don't think he was sold on Yossi Bosch like I was because they only kind of, he was kind of sad. But he, he was, was definitely, eight. hey, Muhammad definitely kept his shirt on while he was talking well, about Yossi Bosch. You know, Yossi Bosch, because he agreed with you, Dale. You don't, because you're the, me and Dale, for those who don't know, me and Dale have a bet going on. Dale, what was the bet again? Probably Greg, Lose's pizza. Was it, wasn't it? No, no, it was, it was six pack. It was a six pack of tall boys or something. Yeah, six pack yeah. of tall boys. I, I don't even remember what the bet was, though. I mean, you're supposed to remember, not me. I mean, yeah, you have 800 bets. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, there, there was no bet. Let's just say there was no bet. I think the bet was Cameron that... here. What's up, Cameron? What's up, Cam? If you haven't seen you in our intro, the longer intro video we do, where you're uh, saying, what a, what a moron, Derek, even though it doesn't <laughs> say that. That's what's being said. That cracks me up every time. And it's fitting because he is a moron. We love him, <laughs> but sometimes he's dumb as shit. He says some dumb shit. He'll be he'll bring up something like I was watching that show that you guys have with the Goodberries. But what's up to Cameron? And I think a good decision with Miles too. But I was watching that show with uh, Joe Goodberry and Travis on the other night that I wasn't on, watching some of that. And like Derek was talking about something about looking in the mirror or something. But then you guys did a whole other topic, and then he tried to make a joke about, yeah, well I looked in the mirror back in my young and I'm just <laughs> yeah, making a mistake. It was just dead flat. And he's like, oh, no one's laughing. I guess it was. Yeah, I remember that. It's like, he... yeah, because it's from like, dude, that was like 20 minutes ago that that was like when you should have <laughs> said it. <laughs> dude, that just cracked me up. And then, like, this is him the whole time you're on the show. 
Yeah, yeah. Watching that damn Reds game and worrying about his gambling. God That's damn it, the Reds just cost me 20 bucks. <laughs> I mean, I love Derek to death. But yeah. man, he gets to betting on those Reds games. He can't concentrate. He needs to concentrate. He knows he needs to concentrate or... He's two topics behind then trying to he needs to do, he needs to put his webcam up there right underneath the, the TV where he watches the Reds. That way yeah. it looks like he's paying attention to us the whole time. He's like, I think like Chris this. is right. Greg tried to bet 10 tall boys, and I was like, Are you gonna buy them individually? Because they come in a 12 pack. <laughs> right. But either way, six, twelve, whatever. I don't it was around Yosavash, and I was like, Well, he's gotta make the roster. It was something about being active. If yeah, it, active it, on game day or inactive. No, no. You said no, they apparently he remembers better than I do, but I thought the deal was that you said no. All right, well, practice squad has a deal now. You can save three players, but my bet was that he was going to be on the 53 man roster, whether it was game yeah. day or not. I believe that's what it was. I never said he would just be practice squad only because he won't make it to the practice squad. Whoa, 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 but whoa, I whoa. said. Greg, I said he had to make the. I will go fucking find the fucking tape because I know I didn't fucking say. There's gonna be a clip of yes, no, no, Okay, okay, okay. I, no, no. This is a friendly argument. We love each other, but Dale, I could have sworn you said he was not going to make the 53 man roster. Period. I said he has to make it. He hasn't. I jokingly said if he makes the roster, Greg, because he's got to prove it on special teams, which I still feel that way. But I didn't bet that he wouldn't make the roster because I still think. They drafted him in the sixth round, and I think they like his ups. I know that I said these words specifically more than once on this show. I think they really like his upside. I don't think they risk him going on the practice squad. I think they keep him, but I think he's game day inactive most times. I said these words like okay. five different times. I agree with that. No, I agree with that. I, I never thought he was going to make that. No, I never thought he was going to make the dress-up roster. I didn't even say that. Uh, I could have sworn you said he was going to make the practice squad, but it's one of the safe players on the practice squad. Where you're like, no, you brought up how they could save three because I didn't even know that. I remember when that was brought up, being like, okay. "How does All that right. work?" Because well, I case. think you still have to survive the initial cuts. Also, hey, am I wrong? That. Like, there yeah. is one. There's only one cut down there, right? And I think you can't protect three players on that one cut down day, right? Like, you can only start protecting players after they've made it through that initial cuts and they make your practice squad. Uh, kind of like last year because we would have protected, um, what was his name, Pryor? I know. we got to find the tape. I find know, the David. tape, boys. And that's okay, the thing. We've done so many shows. I don't know where to, to look for that. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 Dale. We don't have to make a big deal out of this. I agree with you. I just like getting you right no, up. Like, yeah, you do no, no, because I like no, knowing exactly what the bet Dale, was. it's fine. It's fine. We don't I'll need to go. Dude, we don't need to waste our time with this. Uh, I'll, I'll, it's fine. Okay, I believe you. I'm just messing. Deep dive and look for that fucking tape. I don't have. I think time. it was talked about on at least a couple shows. Okay, it was. But Dale, look, I, I I believe you, man. It's it's cool. We don't need to. We I don't know, but waste. I don't remember what the exact. Yeah, we don't need to waste our time with this, man. It's not oh, that you got me. Going it seems now. like Greg's starting to remember that he's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, like, Dave, you have all the time. Dave, you have all the time. You look for the tape. He's working currently, Greg. Yeah, working. You, you just just use your one computer here. And you're, I, I don't know. Just he does find... have like five five screens. Going yeah, there you go. So I don't want to hear the other day. Yeah, so I don't want to hear it, Dave. You find the tape, but you better have evidence. Don't just say I found it. Uh, have I want visual evidence? Yeah, Kendrick Pryor, the receiver that went to the Jags. Yeah, I I one hundred percent think 
if we could protect three people though because this let's let's go there because this is a, a good topic protecting three players for the practice squad i'm pretty sure is only after that initial cut and this is the okay. first year of that one but Kendrick Pryor, like last year, you know 100% we did not want that man going anywhere. And we had told him, like, hey, you're back on the practice squad. And he, like, then he got a, like, they got, he got a call while he was there being told he's back on the practice squad for the Bengals from the Jaguars saying they picked him up for their active 53. I think the same thing would happen to Yosavash, even if a team, because I don't think Pryor really played much. I think he was probably inactive a lot of game weeks as well. <laughs> what, Greg? Dave's like five screens up. My God. Yeah, he does. This is is stupid. We don't need to worry about this. Let's. Oh my God. No, for his work and stuff, Greg. For his work, I thought he was like had five screens on looking for the video. Oh no, Greg. Greg is obsessed with the video. Yeah, I'll look for it later if I. No, no, no. I'll have to. I'll just try to narrow down based on uh, what the topic was that day. But Lord knows we go off topic so much. Yeah, Especially when it comes to Greg and Yosivach. Exactly. It's brought up almost every which I set him up for today's because I know no, that he I did not do a thing. You set me up. You you we're playing volleyball. You put it up. You set me up to spike it. That was all you. Well, the I topic, know you, you did want to talk about him. Literally, hey. Dale, you could make the topic. We're not talking about Yosivach. And Greg would say, since we're not talking about Yosivach, let's talk about Yosivach and coming to the team and see if he's going to be a special teamer. He's going to make the 53-man roster, and then he'll take his shirt off and play with his nipples. Well, I was going to take my shirt off in front of him, man. I don't do that in front of him. <laughs> you don't, don't do it in front oh, of him. And I keep saying deep tackle depth when talking about trading like a Trent Irwin potentially, but I still think we could use a tight end. Yes. Wrong? Like, what have I, I been saying? For... I know. We, we, we all have, right? Like, Well, you know. I but think... I just kind of forgot about it there for the past few right. weeks. Unfortunately, the, I don't want people to think I bought into Drew Sample. Okay, oh, no, I wasn't even thinking that, man. I wasn't even thinking about Drew Sample, but I was thinking about like uh, Irv Smith, man. He's got a history of being hurt. God knows we all hope he doesn't get hurt this year, and he's our answer. And he plays seventeen games uh, regular season, and then um, all the way through the Super Bowl. But it sure would be nice to have a pass catching uh, tight end backup. Just in case, yeah, that's what I want, and it's easier said than done. I, I don't know that there's any extra ones that anybody's willing to trade, but at least if you have a trade, and Trent Irwin is a very solid receiver. I'm not saying, oh, I'm not in a rush to get rid of him. I just look at if Yosavash is ahead of, because I mean, you hear from some of these guys, and that's that's why I thought it was a good question to ask about Yosavash today because some of the practice reports and people like Dan Horde and his reports have said the wide receiver coaches high on him. They they, like quotes from the wide receiver coach said he's farther along. He's not as raw as they thought he might be and need as much work as a wide receiver. And then we know he's out there working with um, as a gunner and doing some special team work, which that is how you get active on the 53, but the more you can do. So I do think that it's a good question about Yosef Austin and his role because Stanley Morgan's a special team stud. Does he get knocked in if Yoshevash can do the special teams? And then you keep Irwin because Lord knows if somebody goes down, you still would love to have a guy who gave you four touchdowns and has good chemistry with Burrow already. But at what point is it like, well, we like Chuck Sizzle, we like Yoshevash, and we could keep Stanley Morgan, and somebody's willing to trade us a tight end for Trenton Irwin. Just hypothetical. If you could get a solid number two tight end that has some pass-catching ability, and trade Trenton Irwin, who may be your fourth or fifth receiver this year, 
would you do it? Absolutely. Wouldn't even think about it. Sorry. I know we don't have a, a name to put in, but just, just say it's a a decent number two that can catch some passes. I mean, I like Trent Irwin. I thought he did a hell of a job for us, but if you can get me a number two guy, our starting tight end now is a guy that can't even you couldn't even play over fifty percent of his games in his career. Like I said, I'm not knocking, but I just can't trust, and I just don't want to see Drew Sample as our starting tight end. And <laughs> I think we're on the same page. What about yeah. your job? Well, I was thinking, what about um, Uzama? Where's that? Uh, is he okay, going, let's is just he... say it's Uzama. Would you say CJ Uzama? I know he got hurt. I don't know if he's healthy. Like, would they get dinged up at practice? Somebody said, I thought somebody said, like, that he can't leave there because of the way his contract is structured or something like that. That Maybe. they have trouble getting rid of him, cutting him if they were going to cut tight ends from New York. But would... he's got chemistry with Joe Burrow anyway. I mean, I think it's kind of shitty some of the things he said when he left, but I guess he's just pumping up his new team and. Out of all the tight ends out there and that are getting cut, I think that he'd probably be my favorite to come back here. I yeah, if he's cut, but I'm even saying in a trade, you know, if you could well, trade. Well, I'm a trade or cut, something like yeah. that. You know, I trade though. Not. Trade is probably harder to do with him because he what the hell still does has New York... like seven or eight million salary that we'd have to absorb in a trade for sure. Well, that that would not work out then. Yeah, I, I still would take him back though. I mean, I, I, if, was, yeah. if I had Zama back and I have him and Irv Smith. I'm good to go. I still want that person to be Jeremy Ruckert. And I don't know, like, if Aaron Rodgers wants these veterans that are going to play and Ruckert's going to be buried on the depth chart yeah. there, he's a young guy, third-round pick just the last year. I, I mean, he can catch passes. He's decent blocking. Like, he, I think he would fit Irv Smith. And I would do it. Well, okay, why he hasn't they, proven much, but Trenton Irwin, boom. That well, trade, they, I would do why would they trade him there when he's on a rookie contract? That wouldn't make sense to get rid of one of those two other guys, like Ozama or who was the other guy they signed? Uh, Conklin. Yeah, and Conklin. they also brought in Kuntz uh, as a seventh round draft pick, I believe. That's where right. Went. But uh, I'm just saying, it just doesn't make any sense. I, I wanted Record so badly last year. I would take Record in a heartbeat. The, the only reason I think maybe, and this is just maybe, is because where they got Aaron Rodgers, and if Aaron Rodgers says, no, I want both these guys on the team, and I. And, you know, then they have the rookie and Koontz. And they think – and Aaron Rodgers says, man, if you could get me a Trenton Irwin. But I know they have a lot of receivers. I, that's what I'm saying. I don't even know if it's feasible. But that would be the type of trade, I, you know, that I would want to make if I was going to trade Trenton Irwin. I'd want to get something that I thought may have to be – come and play. Because, like, Irv Smith go down, he Rucker might end up having to start some games potentially. So that if I was gonna trade Irwin, that's what I'd hope to get in return. Yep. I that'd be I that'd be a great trade. Absolutely. And honestly, like we keep saying, oh, not a knock on Irwin. It's actually no. praise to Irwin. And, yes. And it could be a good thing for Irwin because he'd go to a team that said, Hey, we traded for you, so we're gonna give you more playing time. Whoever the hypothetical team is, you know. I mean, that's exactly how I, I think about it. I'm like, when you're you're saying it to me, I'm like, damn, we could get that for, for Irwin. Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, he four touchdowns last year. When he's played, he's produced. He just doesn't get to play a lot here because we're stacked at receiver. Yeah, and we drafted another two guys, so it's like, hey, this guy's pretty good. If he played full time, I mean, you can't tell me. I don't know if Belichick has a tight end to give us, but to, to in a trade, but you can't tell me Bill Belichick wouldn't love to get his hands on Trenton Irwin. He's oh, a white, he's a white wide receiver, boys. You know, Bill Belichick collects those like Pokemon yeah. cards. A stranger says he's he hope he's got faint hopes of Kuntz uh being on waivers. You you, you see that happening? No. I mean he was a seventh round pick, yeah. so 
That's we had our name. chances. We had how many chances getting him? Seven or eight chances. I mean, if he goes on the waiver, man. I don't know if they would teams. even take him though, because they could have drafted him so many times, like Greg's saying. Yeah, we had You're our right. I would, I would, I would hope they would. If he hits it, I hope they. I'd love to have him. I was surprised he went in the seventh round. I mean, I know he was at a small school, but his numbers were off the charts. I thought he was going to be a fourth round pick at one point. Yeah. Hey, Greg, your dinner's going to get here. I know. So I'll let you off here. I'll let you tell the people where they can find you today. This because this may take another five minutes. Oh no shit. Well. Greg's a whore today. I'm working overtime today. I looked a bunch of cabinets today and all that, so I'm, I'm really getting my work cut out for me. But uh, come 5.30, I will be on Iceman's show with the Bengals legend, Corey Dillon. Please check it out. Uh, I'm on there usually before uh, – I get off a little bit before 6.30. And after that, catch me on my show, Rally Around the Natty, with Cincy James, Santorian Bengal Dad. And uh, go Reds tonight. Well, they're yeah. both Reds games. They're get, the Reds yeah, got to finish – they, they got to finish, finish today's night. today's game and another game. So really, sort of two games today. They got to finish today. Yep. All right, Greg. Thanks for always and good luck on the other two shows tonight. Love hey, you, buddy. Love you guys. Take care. See you, Greg. See you. Well, now that he's gone, no shit. Get the show started. No, I, I, I thought it was a good little show. I had nothing. I had nothing last night. I was going to set a show. I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to talk about tomorrow. And then, and then this morning, just Miles Murphy. Banger. I woke up like six o'clock. I wake up a lot. I told you that. I but see that. I, I mean, I'm at six, work, and all of a sudden, I woke up I'll once see. at six, and I'm sitting there taking a piss, and I'm like, I'm like, Miles Murphy popped in my head. I'm like, yeah, we can talk go more in depth about Miles Murphy. It used to be like when I was at work, and my phone would, uh, you know, I'd get that. There's a text. I would go, oh shit. Because that means the wife's up and I'm uh, something's bad's about to happen. Now, now my phone in the middle of the night is like, <laughs> and it's you up in the middle of the night saying some random shit or, or random responding shit. to something that was talked about three hours prior. Yep. Or you will uh, update um, the uh, Bengals and Brews Twitter account. You know, you'll put stuff up and I'll be like, what the fuck? I'll, sometimes I, I've tweeted, I've sent you tweets before that on your comment on your stuff said, what do you do? Go back to bed. <laughs> like I'm trying, damn it! Yeah, well, I had a freaking migraine last night, so I was like, Ooh. I was like face down, ass up by the the fan in my room because I don't have an air conditioner in in my bedroom. And uh, God yeah, dang, it was just brutal. You need you need an air conditioner. Yeah, you got a window. Yeah, you can even put an air conditioner in there. I know. I couldn't I do it, man. That boarding school I went to, I used to get a shower at night before bed, and then I'd have to get a shower in the morning, too, because I was on the fourth floor, and there was no air conditioning. It was hot as shit. Jeez, yeah. That's that. All part of the fun experience, though, right? Yeah, it was a real fun experience. <laughs> Baptist boarding school, if you please, everybody send your children there. It is such <laughs> a great experience. It's probably closed down. And you can see that they will work, and they will get them properly reformed. I am a prime example. Yeah, look how you turn out. I turned out so good. Me and Jesus walk side by side. What did you think of the new Browns uniforms? Did you get a chance to, to man, see those yet? They're on our nuts. That's what I thought about the Browns' new uniform. Come on, man. They're going to do the white stuff like Cincinnati? I just like this that somebody put. It said, Browns fans woke up and said, this is fire. 
yeah, that's funny. I didn't see that one. I, I just I saw I retweeted it right before the show started. I was like, that's good. That's a quality comment. Yeah, that that right there looked like somebody took a white helmet and wiped their ass on it. Just got that shit streak right down the middle. This is true. No kidding. Also, I'm hoping they do. That's a, I don't know. Like you can keep some teams will keep four, but I don't know. Like a lot of teams will keep three. We used to keep four a lot, but I don't know. Like, do they really need four tight ends? Like to me, that's almost more if you're going to run the ball. You know, and Aaron Rodgers they ain't going to run the ball no. more there. Mm-mm. They're going to be throwing the ball more than they yeah. ever have. So. I never said we had Miles Murphy. I said it was a Miles Murphy discussion. Yeah, we we did. It was because he, he had them five screens going. He was paying attention to those. He was paying attention to four screens. And the fifth screen, he couldn't have his eyes on his brother, seeing that we were talking Miles Murphy for a good half an hour while we had uh, Muhammad. I mean, I there. thought he popped in. We had Yeah, we had our guest on here. He wrote an awesome article on Cleveland.com. And uh, – he he lives down here, but Cleveland.com pays him to write articles. Hey, that'd be that'd be a nice gig, you know. You get hey, to cover the Bengals, and you don't have to live in Cleveland. Hey, because who the fuck? That's a fucking win-win for that who, guy. Who the fuck that's respectable wants to live in Cleveland? Exactly. Right. So you got to reach out to other cities, and why not hit the great city of Cincinnati? Yeah, they can't even get people to go live in their city and pay no. them. <laughs> people are like, "Nah, man, I'm still living. I'm still living here. Like, yeah. you're just going to pay me to work for Cleveland.com. Sorry." Fuck. But yeah, he was awesome. I'd love to have him back on and follow him on on Twitter if you get a chance. Because he, I I know that he was, uh, you know, that's when I first heard of him or whatever. I seen him covering, you know, some stuff for the Bengals like during these practices and stuff. Yeah, I've they. Sleep, well, I've been sleeping today. Is this true? Like the Jets are rumored I, to sign Delvin. They're they're maybe they're just one of the teams out there. I know the Dolphins was out there too. But I mean, it wouldn't be shocking if they did. But I mean, they have Brees Hall. They, ha- they, yeah. dude, I would love to have one of their running backs still. I talked about that before. They got Zonovan Knight, and there's uh, Michael. Shit, I almost want to say Michael Chandler, but that's a UFC guy. I don't know. I don't, I don't watch UFC. Chandler. Either way, they've got Michael Carter. That's the other running back, not Chandler. Michael Carter. But they, that's what I'm saying. If they sign Dalvin, they got Brees Hall. Carter, Zonovan Knight, and then I think they even had another guy that was decent on that roster. They ain't going to have four or five running backs. Give me one of them, you know? Oh, no doubt, Anthony. You follow me on Twitter, I'm going to follow you back. As long as I know you're all a Bengals fan, that's not like if somebody watches this show and they're like, hey, you don't follow me back, it, that's just a, you know, mistake. The only people I try not to follow back are ones I don't know if they're a Bengals fan because usually that's like some hoes that want to slide in your DMs and be like, oh, here's my webcam. Or, oh, you you want to be my sugar daddy? It's like, no, nah, bitch, I need a sugar mama. Like, I ain't got no money to pay your fucking ass. Pay hey. me. I need someone to pay me some extra money. <laughs> right. I'll take a check. I'll be slinging dick. You pay me. Sell, sell it by the pound, Dale. <laughs> Shit, I ain't going to make much. <laughs> hey, listen, I was going to just say before we before we do hop off here, too, is uh, I want to talk about our fantasy football league because we're – coming up like we only got like a week left to sign yeah. people up right I, yeah not uh till the 31st so maybe a week and a half if that so and, we got uh, four leagues now Is not not even full like we almost still need four. four we need four spots left to fill league four last year we had six leagues uh so i you know each year kind of built this is gonna be the first year if we don't, if it don't pick up soon that it's not gonna have grown it's gonna decline 
But I mean, all you sucks, have to but... do if you want to uh, enter into our fantasy football league is make a donation to the Village of Marici or the CincyHat.com, where the money goes to the Village of Marici. You go on there. I actually think they're so. A guy at work last night signed up, uh, Tyler Kelly, who's a goddamn Steelers fan. Yeah, I told him his team Steelers name should now. be Tiny Hands Pickett. But anyway. You go there, you make a $20 donation. I think that their minimum donation is 25 So you go on there. The money goes to a great charity, a great cause helping uh, you can, disabled Well, adults. that's the thing. You can select. So it's a minimum of 20 to enter in a league. You can select the $10 thing and just put it as you, two. two. Oh, two ten dollars There you go. And then it's 20 Because that's and what, you, you know, somebody was asking me that the other day. And then you send us the proof at Bangles and Brews on our Twitter or also on our Facebook account. And then you get signed up for the league just by making your donation. We're not, we're not making a goddamn no. dime. I mean, I'm not going to do it, but Derek and everybody else is going to do a lot of work on this, making sure everything is managed correctly. And then every person in uh, the winner of each league is going to get a Cincy hat, you know, which is a freaking awesome hat. And then the overall winner for all the leagues, we have a Ted Karras jersey. That's going to be autographed by Ted Karras. You're going to win that jersey for the overall winner. I just don't think a lot of people know that we do have a big, huge grand prize on top of the Cincy hat. Yeah, I tried to tweet that out the other day. It's something Derek just last minute, and he like he didn't even like put it out as an announcement. He just uh, quote tweeted one of my tweets about the giveaway, and I was like, "Dude, you hadn't even told me this." Like, it'd been nice if you were posting this shit like in our show chat. You know what I'm saying? The show chat we got. Damn it, Derek, get your shit together. Yeah, get your shit together, Derek. But I also want to say, because I, I, I uh, put this down because the person I helped out the other day, they're having a little trouble finding on the cincyhat.com where to go. So I said, you just go to that main page. You type in thecincyhat.com. You scroll down a little. You're going to find where it says, and this is exactly what it says, donate to an amazing cause. You click that, and then uh, choose options, and then you can set the amount on the next page. So, like... When it says donate to amazing calls, it says choose options. And that's what you want to click right by donate to an amazing calls. And then um, they have $10 options. So you can put two in the cart, you know, it's like, how many do you want Two, that? And then your donation is right. $20, which is the minimum. Or they have a button that's $25 donation. So it's whatever you want to do. You know, if you want to go ahead and just make it 25, hit that button. That's fine. But if you just want to make it 20, because that is the minimum, you can get in for just 20. You can and, also make it a hundred or a thousand because it's going to a great charity. You could, yes, going but, to a uh, really good charity. But hopefully, we can get some more donations in because, like I said, every dollar of that goes straight to that. And then, yes, as well, Anthony, uh, and for the podcast listeners, uh, our whole crew is going to be at Little Miami Brewery this coming Friday. The event's supposed to start around four o'clock. And Matt has said from the Cincy hat that him and Ted will likely be there till around eight or nine o'clock at night. So if you get a chance anytime between four and I would say eight, you obviously don't get there when they're leaving. So you got any time between four and eight o'clock on Friday night and you're around little Miami brewery in Milford, Ohio, I believe. Yep. Then, um, hop in, get you, get you a hat. They have bucket hats. They have visors for sale. It's the first time they're having either of those things. So we'll also have some of their other hats out. Uh, we'll be there. I think Bengals captain and Hubei will be there. Bridget, our buddy Bridget, uh, the Ice Man's supposed to be there. 
the rally around the Natty guys will probably be Bengals there. Bourbon. Bengals of Bourbon will be there. So um, a whole bunch of us will be there. I know Darth Bengals said he's probably going. Yep. Anthony said he might be going. So, you know, we're hoping as many people as possible will go and hang out with us, drink some beers. and Yes, please. And have a good time because uh, this offseason seems like it's taking forever. So, and then uh, you all tune in. Eh, maybe. I don't know. I'm probably Chop, I'm probably Chop will be washing his balls. Yeah, I was gonna say Chop might still be washing them them big old nuts. I'll be in big fancy about that time, so I'll have it I'll have it playing while I'm driving. Oh, no problem, man. That's what we're here for. And anybody needs help. And if you need help on the fantasy aspect of it, once your leg gets going, then uh Derek's your main man for that. But I can uh Oh, looks like yeah. Anthony's coming there for we sure. Go. No, Mike will be. Love to see it. Matt's God, hoping dang, to be man. there. Oh, I, man, that would be like a dream. Everybody in our chat show up to that event, <laughs> hang out with us. You know what I mean? Well, we you know I love hanging out like with people. Chris Crowley in Jersey. We got people, you know, South Carolina. Crip, I think, is down Myrtle Beach. Let me Beach. start driving oh, now. There's people. We got people from, from a little bit of everywhere. So I understand some people's probably not going to be able to make it, but, you know, maybe you got, maybe they can make it for a game this year because – you know, we want to meet I, everybody, man. You guys are awesome. I, and yeah, I can tell you this too from a guy that's been to an event with Ted Kerr. So when he did the thing at the banks at the Holy Grail, he came down. It was also a 4 p.m. thing. He got there an hour before that. And um, he signed everything. It's not like he was like, no, the thing starts at four. He was very approachable. Talk to everybody. This dude is awesome. And why are you um, putting this on the air? I plan to get there. I plan to get there early, chopping. You're going to take my, my precious. One on one time, I had planned because I was going to. Well, gonna, don't worry because I was I'm going to find a place to lock Greg up because you know he's going to be there early. I'm too. best friends with him and I'll introduce you in oh, person. All right. Go. This man knows me now. But uh, so then the games, so then the, the Reds game started. He was there the entire game. And then the Reds game ended and he was still there. Very generous with this time, especially because of the charity. And like when we had him on, he's like, yeah, I don't really leave my house, you know. <laughs> he just hang, he's a guy who hangs around his house uh, in Florida right. mostly during the off season, just hangs out with his wife and his they say he had cats. Yeah, two cats. He's he, cats? yeah, oh yeah, yeah, two cats. That's right. We're yeah. talking about my cats. Two and cats. My, my two cats. <laughs> his wife, and he just he hangs out around there, he likes to go fishing. He, you know. Four hundred pound bull shark he caught. When it comes to this charity, though, the man is super generous with his time, and and Chop and Greg's been to a couple events like he's talking about. And you never know who's going to show up, too. That event we went to on the banks was only Ted Karras advertised, and Orlando Brown and Cordell Volson were both there the whole time, too. Yeah, if these guys are around and in town, and and they're like, hey, I'll swing by. You just never know. Not real doable for stranger. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's fair. That's what I said. But yeah, I'll let you uh, go scrub your balls, chop. Yes, sir. I need to. It's a good episode. Derek and Joe will have a show tomorrow at five p.m. with Joe Pizzapia. Pizza. I don't know. I still don't pizza. 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 Him and Andrew Hall. I know Andrew Hall because he's a Bengals fan, and we've had him on before. But they're going to be talking a lot about fantasy football, so hopefully you can get signed up, and then you can tune into that and get your fantasy football advice and questions for those guys. So we will probably be back Thursday, because Friday we're not going to have any shows, and then 
debating on doing a show Saturday. I know chopping on them will be at a baseball game, but yeah, might do another show on Saturday with my brother. It just depends. Uh, talk about Iceman maybe joining and doing a show Saturday with us. So we might do that Saturday and Thursday. That's just kind of what's coming up for the week. But um, check out Derek and Joe tomorrow at five. Um, we love you guys. Appreciate all all the support, obviously. And if you haven't signed up for fantasy football, please try to do so. If you got a little extra twenty dollars laying around, uh, you know, and if not this week, you know, sometime before the thirty first, we greatly appreciate it. It all goes to them, and you know, the one thing then that does look good if we're helping raise money for them that you know Ted coming back on and having a great time on yep. this show. Like I think we all enjoyed. So appreciate y'all. Love y'all. We'll see you potentially Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. Who day? Who day? Hit and Brock